0: Welcome to the Seashore Church message of the week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com.
1: I'm just really grateful because this man is a man that's laid his life down. He's really laid his life down and said, God, have your way. And it hasn't been easy because it costs us. It costs us. But I've watched him pay the price. And um, the beautiful thing on the other side is our willingness to pay the price. The fruit of it is you get to become Jesus' best friend. He moves into your life in a way that just goes, I trust you. And he says to you, Paul, I trust you. I've given you much, much. And don't doubt and don't let the limitation of your eyes, past, failures, anything uh, discredit you because God has given you so much The much is also the work to do over there. You have a lot of work to do over there, but he's given you much internally. There's anointing and a strength in you that is, as you've come back, I've just seen it. There's something that's just blossomed and grown in a very beautiful way. So I just bless that and pray for more of that. Amen. All right. Clap for him as he gets his.
0: And as she's gathering up, I just, I hope you guys recognize how blessed we are to have Clayton and Romy in this house. It's it's one of the things not to compare or anything, but I feel like I have an unfair advantage in Turkey because of who has sent me. Obviously, God has sent me. Uh, oh, sure, thank you. I was gonna test my vision. No, that's great. Thank you. Um, and then also like just being in worship, and uh, I was a little bummed out. Uh, I love. I'm sorry. This is you're not supposed to have favorites. But Emily, when Emily is here doing worship, the teaching that she brings in the heart of worship, it's a very unique blessing that we have having Emily and Sophia in the house as well. Thank you. Um, I'm going to not talk about Clayton right now because I don't want to cry too much. Um, But the things that he stood by me through, and I shared this before I left, he's just embodied so much of the Father's heart. And I promise, uh, as big as Clayton's heart is, God's heart is bigger, and there's nothing that you can't bring to the Father. There's nothing that you can't bring to the Father, and that He won't work through with you. Uh, thankfully for us, Jesus does not cancel us, um, and Clayton and Romy have just really uh, exemplified that as well, of, of not allowing that, that culture to get in here. Um, and as I see Liam right there, man, I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hug from Liam first. Don't stand up all the way. I just uh and and I wanna I didn't see you back there, Jai, but just encourage you guys both that man if your if your father has has continually welcomed me in, I know he will with you guys as you're growing up. Uh Still very young, both teenagers still, barely. Uh, realize that there's nothing that you can't bring to them. Uh, we all make a lot of mistakes in life, and you're gonna make a lot of them in the next couple of years, probably. It's just, it's just, it's just what we do as teenagers. Did anybody survive their teenage years without making mistakes? I don't know. I learned a lot. Um, I did. I didn't make any. Uh, but I'm going to, I want to share about Turkey, um, but I also want to share just about missions in general. And uh, we are in church, so I want to share God's word. Do we think we can, is that good? Does that sound good? Um, and at the end, we're going to pray um, just for, I, I want to pray for the church in Turkey, but I want to pray for missionaries all over the place. Um, So talking about Turkey, has anybody ever been to Turkey? Raise hands. Cool. All right. See, we got a few people that uh, can anybody show where Turkey is on the map? I don't know. There you go. Good job. Sweet. Um, One thing I've learned about Europe and Asia is they're way better with geography than I am and most Americans normally. Um, And it's just one of the fun cultural things that I've learned already is that, uh, and I love America. I love to be a citizen of this great country. Uh, but I have learned that sometimes culturally, we can we can do things that look different in other people's culture. For example, if I ask you guys, where are you from, where are you from? America. I heard somebody say United States, but most people would just say America. And like, well, thank you. That narrowed it down to two continents and like 50 countries. Um, <laughs> But we are we are just like unconsciously a little proud sometimes. We're we're America, you know. We're like, all right, that's exactly America, right? Um, and that's like one of the things that uh, somebody shared with me of that I was gonna just need to like really practice humility like no other. And um, that is one of the things that I have uh, definitely started to experience. Um, but thankfully for me, Jesus has set the example with that from the very beginning. Like, because I just left one fallen country to go to another fallen country. Right? We're all fallen. The whole, the whole world is fallen. Whereas in Jesus left heaven. God left heaven to hang out with humans. Like, I didn't leave hanging out with other humans. Still have human friends. I've met a lot of dogs, but all my friends are actually humans, and like I just have to remind myself of that every now and then. That Jesus left. Jesus left heaven. I love where I live, Izmir, uh, Izmir, Turkey. It's a beautiful city. Um, it's on the Aegean coast. Uh, there's about four million people in the greater Izmir area. About three million people in like Izmir proper. Um, So, 3 million people, and there's about uh, estimates of 1,000 to 1,200 Christians. All right? So, we could squeeze all of the Christians in here if we needed to, of a city of 3 million people. Virginia alone is 8 million people. Uh, Hampton Roads is about 1.7 million. So, double Hampton Roads and 1,000 Christians. Um. What's that mean to your daily life? That means that unless you interact with over five thousand people a day, you probably don't interact with another Christian. So you don't have uh, a Christian brother or sister in your workplace, on your sports team, on your uh, you know at your gym, at your whatever. You're you're kind of like at it in a very isolated way. Um, so that is. The importance of sending people there. Uh, my first few years that, or my first, yeah, my first few years there, really, a lot of it is, is going to be just learning culture and learning language. Um, I'll talk more about that, but uh, just wanted to share a couple more stats and like some background about Turkey. So, Turkey is rich in biblical history um, from the very beginning. Uh, the Garden of Eden, nobody knows exactly where it was. But the Tigris and the Euphrates, they do flow from uh, Turkey, and they flow east. Uh, so it's possible that the Garden of Eden was there. Uh, we know forward to Noah's Ark. Uh, it rested at Mount Ararat, which is in Turkey. Um, forward to, obviously, Paul. Uh, letters, you know, we know Ephesians and Galatia. So the church of Ephesus is about 45 minutes from where I live, along with uh, the seven other churches of Revelations that John wrote the letters to in Revelations. Uh, And he wrote those from Patmos, which is an island right off the coast of where I live. Um, And I share all of that of, you know, it's not that those places are, you know, we know that we worship in spirit and truth. Anywhere that we are, we can do that. But God's heart is for all of these places. Like, that was once the center of Christianity. And now, a little bit later, they're 99.8% Muslim. Um, So realizing to hold on to what we have, that America may be a center of Christianity in some ways right now, uh, but 500 years ago, nobody knew Jesus here, right? Well, like 528 years ago, Columbus sailed the ocean blue 1492 right um so those things change and I just share that of like what Romy said is that we are at war and that if you're not Hebrews 2 1 says be careful to I remind you of the truths you have heard lest you'll drift away remember the truth you have heard or you'll drift away and uh that's one of the things that I see in Turkey is that I don't think they just overnight Uh, went to where they are, but they drifted away little by little, and now they're completely lost. Um, You know, people there, one of the big struggles there is women's rights and then also the economy. Uh, Women's rights, there's like a word that gets thrown around there called femicide, which is essentially a lot of times women can be murdered and end up missing, and the investigation is not exactly thorough. Uh, if you come home, you know, if the police come to investigate and you say this is what happened and if there's not some like hardcore evidence against your story, cool, that's what happened. We're just going to keep it moving. Um, women that give their lives to Christ and if their fathers find out, uh, like they're in real danger. Um, about a month ago, we had 28 baptisms at the church that I'm partnered with there and Three of the girls that got baptized, like, had to share or couldn't share it with their families out of just complete fear that their, you know, their families would not only disown them, but before they disown them, they would beat them. And uh, it's just, it's just something that uh, I'm learning to, like, try to help people navigate, but it's something that I also can't comprehend, you know. I can still come back here and see my family. And because I've given my life to the Lord, uh, it's, it's caused some different riffles in different ways that I've decided to move across the country, or sorry, across the world, but they still love me. Um, so I don't, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to share that too. A um, couple other little stats. Sorry, I'm a little all over the place right now. Um, so in Turkey, it's estimated there are 87,000 mosques. So one mosque per 900 people. Um, and there's estimated that there are 160 churches. So they have 81 provinces, like our 50 states, they have 81 provinces. So that would be like there's two churches in Virginia, and there's two in Oklahoma, and there's, you know two in, in every state, essentially. Um, the city I live in is a little bit more populated of Christianity. Um, There are about a 1,000 Christians I'd mentioned, um, and there are like four other cities that are similar to that. So about five cities. So think about if we had all of the Christians in New York, Miami, Chicago, LA, Houston, and the rest of the country, there's like maybe two Christians in each state. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, I've gotten some of this research from uh, which is crazy. I don't know like, how many of you guys fully know my story of going to Turkey. I won't tell it all. Uh, I don't want to keep you guys here all day. But uh, some of the information I got is from this guy, uh, Dr. Andrew Jackson, who leads a thing called the International Turkey Network, helps pastors get into Turkey and just to find places to get rooted, uh, find language teachers, all those types of things. And it's really cool is that when I shared with Clayton, probably eight, nine years ago, that turkey was on my heart, he let me know uh, that his pastor growing up from his church was this guy Andrew Jackson that leads the International Turkey Network. And it was just like, all right, God, cool. And I could literally tell you like 40 or 50 other stories of like how God has just shown up there divinely that when he put it on my heart, like he's made it sure in my heart that that's, that's where I'm called to be. Um, yeah, so a little bit of that background on Turkey. Um, and then what's, what are we doing there? Like, like we are there. I am there, but, but we as Seashore are there. What are we doing? What's it look like? So the first couple of years, yes, learning language, learning culture, very, very important. Um, I used the first about six months to uh, check out a few different churches to see where it made most sense for, uh, for us to partner with them, uh, so I found a church, uh, really cool. They meet in an old, like an old actual church. It's like two hundred year old building that we don't need to hide. We're not like underground church where, that's actually part of our uh, ministry outreach. It's just having the doors to the church open. It's on a, a pretty main uh, walkway, so people just kind of walk by and they see this beautiful old church and. Uh, sometimes we have people standing outside with literature, uh, Bibles, and, and different things that we're just there to answer questions and just talk to people um, and invite them in to, to come check it out um, and share the gospel with them. Uh, one of the ways that I'm like doing that right now is I've just got involved with things that I enjoy doing uh, and enjoy making friends with. So I play soccer two nights a week, and I, I'm building relationships with Turkish dudes. Um, I go to the gym and I spend extra time there before and after drinking tea with the guys. They're all smoking outside of the gym, which is really crazy. Uh, I've, I've not taken that, uh, cultural step, but, um, so just hanging out and just making, making friends with people. One of the, one of the books, uh, that I read in Bible college was called winning with people by John Maxwell. And a few of those principles um, of really taking to heart. And one of them is that nobody knows, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Um, and I'm already starting to see those seeds take root of like, there's dudes over there that just know that I care about them. So they've been able to come to me with their struggles and their things and just talking to them about life. Um, I've got probably three or four guys that um, have at least heard me share the gospel to them and have been receptive of it. That they're, you know, we read the Bible together. A couple of them come to church on a Sunday. uh, And we're just, you know, slow steps on that. But the big thing that I'm doing is introducing them to other Turkish believers in church. Uh, So Vision for Turkey is not for uh, more Americans to come over there and lead churches. It's to share the gospel with more Turkish people and see Turkish people lead churches. Um, I feel called to be like scaffolding, okay? You guys know scaffolding gets used to help build a building up. Then it gets taken away when the building's ready. Nobody remembers the scaffolding. You Just go on to the next one, all right? And um, it's been super encouraging to just see God's timing in some of these things, uh, to be able to come alongside the church there, uh, the pastor, he's 28 years old, and he uh, is leading what is probably the largest gathering of Turkish believers in one church. And uh, the last time we got a coffee and, and chatted, he kind of opened up of of just, he's a little bit worn down. He's the one guy on staff at a church that because the church used to be led by foreigners, there was a lot of foreign money coming into the church, And a lot of foreigners that were leading the church. Now, a lot of the foreigners, about 80 uh, Christians have been kicked out of the country in the last couple of years. And a lot of them were people that were leading churches with money from, you know, missionary giving and and all that stuff. So now there's a church that's growing. Uh, You know, they've got a youth group and, you know, worship and all the different things. But the economy in Turkey is, is really, really bad. So, you know, having one person on staff at a church with all the intricacies that it has um, can just be a really difficult thing. So he's just been happy to have there's, – and there's plenty of other workers there. I'm not the only one. There's probably 25 foreign workers at the church, different people in different levels of, of helping out. Um, but it's, it's just been good to be able to just partner with the Turkish church And and to see them grow, Um, I will, yeah, so talking about humility, I wanted to share uh, just kind of the understanding, too, of of going into something there. So uh, talking about dying to yourself, you go from here in America, being able to, like, fully articulate, communicate with people well, and, uh, you know, here I'm preaching on a Sunday, there I have a hard time like trying to ask somebody if I can help them carry the chairs. Where do the chairs go? You know And just the, the understanding of, of being able to humble yourself and um, I guess just swallow, like, like swallow your pride in some different ways. But again, Jesus uh, exemplified us this for us and taught us the way in Philippians two uh, verses six through 11. In heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And just reminding myself that, one, this is always, it's always about Jesus, but dying to self is something, again, if Jesus could come from heaven and go to earth and be a normal dude for 30 years and not perform any miracles and uh, do what he did and take his time in that for 30 years, I can take three or four years and learn the language and learn the culture and show that my roots are deep there. Um, One of the things that the church sees there is that sometimes they lose a little bit of trust for foreign workers because we come over there uh, wanting to conquer the world in the first three months that we're there, and then we're back in America. And it's just a continual in and out of your life. Um, thing I know that uh i've i 've experienced this with like like relationship type stuff sometimes is that sometimes when somebody has been hurt or burned so many times, what happens? A wall goes up right, and then it takes time to to break that wall down um so that 's happened not only to the church but just to the people in Turkey so much they 've been led. In this state of islam uh nine again ninety nine percent ninety nine point eight percent Muslim, and so many like you're being told to trust in a God that's not real like and your your whole nation is directed in this false narrative, and your economy is crippling, and you have to work seventy hours a week just to make ends meet um, so when I come in talking about Jesus. Sometimes it's just a wall that takes time to break down is that they're like, yeah, we've heard this God thing before, you know, hasn't worked out so well. Uh, So just realizing these things take time. Um, If Jesus had to write letters back home to heaven, the first 30 years, his support letters might not have been too eventful. You know, there weren't many, many things that he would have been telling God about. Right. So, uh. You know, uh, I'll continue to give you guys updates and share with you what's going on. But a lot of my updates right now is that I learned a new verb, and I used it in a sentence today. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um. But uh, I did want to, and I want to share a little bit too on uh, lenses, our culture, the way we see things. Um, and I hope that it's something that we can learn that. The word is alive and active, right? And that it can mean different things to us in different seasons. But it also, uh, though it transcends all cultures and all all places, uh, I'm not over there to go teach right now. I'm there to learn. And one of the scriptures that has really helped me, uh, that has shown me just how scripture can look different in different cultures is in John 4. So if you guys could open up to John 4 if you have your Bibles, um gonna skip some of it, gonna hit the highlights here. Uh this is the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. All right. How many of you guys have heard the woman at the well before? Mostly everybody, right? Um The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water so that I won't get thirsty and have, and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you said you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on the mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where you must worship is in Jerusalem. Um, I'm going to stop right there for a second. So, actually, no, I'll keep going, sorry. Women, woman, (laughs) Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship What you do not know, we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking, to you, I am he. Um gonna go down a little bit to verse uh here we go, verse thirty nine. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. Uh so cool. Um, I know you guys have all heard that story before. Um, Some of the takeaways a lot of times uh, is how we view that woman. Um, People will mention that she went to the well uh, at about noon, and they'll say, oh, she must be a social outcast. She must be, like, somebody that can't be around other people. And that's why she went to the well at noon. And it's also kind of presumed sometimes that she was some sort of uh, maybe adulterous woman, or somebody that had, you know, screwed up all of her marriages. But Jesus never tells her to repent of her sin in talking about her five past husbands. And the other part about it here is that she went and told the townspeople about Jesus. And what did all the people do? They they came and saw. I don't know about you, but if somebody is some social outcast, somebody that we all have uh, bad knowledge about that has whatever, is that somebody you're going to drop what you're doing to go see what she's telling you about? It's not. If she was some social outcast like that, I don't know that all those people would have came to, to hear from her. Um, so just something to think about. Right Is that the world view a lot of times that we have here uh, can differ of, look, she had five husbands. Maybe they were all much older than her. They died. Maybe this woman was like the most unlucky woman in the world with that. I don't know. There's no further explanation from it. It, I have not done uh, too much of a, like, I I don't know where I would have got more information about this woman. I don't know if there's more information about her anywhere. I don't know. I'm sure there is, yep. But just a a thought, though, to maybe not fully presume things that are not in the Word, right? Um, I think about uh, some of these stories sometimes is that, you know, we say you're welcome to a new family when you give your life to the Lord. Well, in Turkey and a lot of these other cultures, like, that takes on a big overtaking. If I'm going to tell you you're part of a new family, that means... I'm going to be really, really close to you. I'm going to spend a lot of time with you. And I'm going to be there to help you, really, through things. Yes, I will pray for you, but I'm really going to welcome you into my home. I'm really going to spend a lot of time with you. And that if we say these things of your welcome into a new family, and then we don't follow through, we're just showing them again the, the things that have let them down in the past. So uh, sharing different stories of of just seeing things in a different point of view. Another one of the, you know, stories uh, in Scripture is uh, in Matthew where Peter walks on the water. And, you know, a lot of times we look at that story and we're like, oh, man, look at Peter. He's the one that jumped out of the boat, and he's so awesome. And uh, sometimes, so we have this individualistic lifestyle culture here whereas in other cultures sometimes have a little bit more like communal lifestyles. And, you know, Jesus didn't praise Peter for for jumping out of the boat, right? He actually rebuked him, right? He said, you have little faith. And I'm not trying to discourage people from from taking leaps of faith, but also that sometimes I wonder if the other 11 guys in the boat were like, here goes Peter again, trying to show off, trying to stick out, trying to, Trying to be the man, whereas in what happened to Peter when he tried to be the man he he sunk, Jesus picked him up, he got him, but that we don't need to like we don't need to do these great acts to to try to stick out like there's there's no requirement of us being great. the only requirement is that we say yes and that we listen to jesus um So I guess I wanted to share that, too, of just talking about missions really quick. I'm going to try to wrap up, and I want to pray. Um, But of that there is no special requirements. As you can tell, I'm not like some dynamic, powerful preacher. But just say yes to God and just go where he tells you to go. And I think about uh, Brandon here. I've seen some of your stuff with the going in front of the city. And just, like, I feel like you are... You are a missionary here that is, that is needed, that is uh, very important to, to reach these people in these different offices and definitely believe in for promotions there and for you to be able to, to hold bigger court, to, to talk to more. Um, and there are missionaries here locally. Uh, there is a way to be a missionary in your own town. But at the same time, God has called us to the nations, and as much as I want to be able to come home and see you guys, I hope that I don't see the same people every time I come home. I hope that we are a river, that people are flowing, and they're going on to the next assignment, and they're going on to the next mission. Um, I promise you have leaders that are not trying to create a reservoir, they are not trying to build a dam and keep you here to just do more stuff here, all right? there's a world out there that is hurting. Um, Over, well over half the population in this world does not know Jesus, all right? The city that I live in is known as an unreached people group because less than 2% of the world, or less than 2% of their population know Jesus. And then there are other places within that country that are uh, considered frontiers, as in there may not be any Christians in the whole place, and I promise, I look around this room, I was trying to count during worship at one point of how many like people could be here that could be leading a church somewhere, that could be leading a ministry. And I law, I was like, I never mind, I can't, you know. I promise there's so much more inside of you than, than you fully realize. And that it doesn't take any sort of special, God provides it all. God will give you everything you need. Um, and then just a reminder too that, uh, our citizenship is in heaven. Ephesians 3.20. Again, I love, I love the United States of America. I served our military for 17 years, and I loved it. When, when the stuff happened in Afghanistan the last few months, I was heartbroken, and I wanted to go. And it was, man, I want to be there, and I want to help my citizens get out of there. But I also am heartbroken for the Afghan people and for the people of, in every nation. Like, we are such a blessed nation here. We are so blessed. But if we just hold on to it, it just, it creates chaos. And that's exactly what's happening in our country right now, too. Because I've seen it happen so much in the military. When we're places that are safe, or we assume that we're safe, we just start fighting with each other. Because, like, we need an enemy to fight against. But the thing is, we have an enemy to fight against, all right? He is there. If we open our eyes, we see it. And there is ground that needs to be taken. Um, So I really think that a, a big solution to a lot of our problems, and even inside of the church, is for more people to get up and go. All right? You've called to something. I don't know exactly what it is, and it's different for everybody. There's lots of different roles in missions, but I firmly believe that every single one of us is called to missions in one way, shape, or form. If you're a Christian, you're a missionary, all right? Um, not everybody is going to move across the world. You might just move into a, a worse neighborhood, a neighborhood that you know is not reached. I don't know what that looks like. You might keep a job that that job sucks, but the people there need to know Jesus. I don't know what it is. Um, you could be somebody. I've, I've got a person I'm staying with while I'm here in town. He's, he's helping the mission. He's provided a home for me. That could be you. You could be somebody that can open your home. Let uh, And I'm not talking about myself. I've been well provided. All right. So everything that I share right now is not me asking you to give to me, but just sharing that there's, there's a need out there, though. Um, it's estimated that Americans this year will spend more money. This is crazy. Uh, and this is from the Joshua Project. You can check it out. They will spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than they will for foreign missions to unreached people groups. Most of the money in American uh, missions giving ends up going to reached people groups, um, which is, there's a need there too, but just realizing that, like, we've been very, very blessed, and, you know, that is another way that you can provide. I know a lot of you are like, I know this life is not easy, but I promise that God will provide for you as well. And the provision is not always finances. I'm not saying that if you give to missions, God's gonna a hundred times fold your finances back to you, but He is. He is gonna provide to you. I um, want to read this scripture on that: Two Corinthians nine, ten through thirteen. Says Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of gospel of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Um, Matthew six nineteen through 21, and I'm going to wrap up in like three minutes. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. And I just want to one, thank you guys for so generously giving. I promise it's had a great impact uh, in the churches in Turkey already. Um, Been able to do many things. Uh, A few of them is we did have like a family camp, like a retreat, where all those people got baptized. Uh, 28 people got baptized, many families got to get away for the weekend, and your generous giving uh, made it uh, much more enjoyable and feasible for for many of the families. Um, I didn't get an exact number of like how many families did we provide for, but it was, uh, they're very thankful for you. Um, We've got them some camera equipment. Uh, which they didn't have, you know, and again, the church is growing. This is not some little village or something. It's a city of four million people with skyscrapers, and, you know, it's it's a happening city. So uh, the next thing is a guitar, um, looking at getting them a new guitar, the guitar they've been using. I, I can't tell you how old it is. Um, just all sorts of different little equipment-type things that we've been able to do, um, but then also just... Uh, being able to spend time with them, and then also allowing... You're paying for my language lessons. That's a big thing, right? So I take language lessons four days a week. um, So your giving has done that. Uh, And I just... I don't know. I just wanted to thank you guys for that. Um, And then I wanted to pray. We'll just close up in prayer. Emily and Safir, don't worry about coming up. I know we've gone kind of long, so if you want to, come on up. Yeah. I said don't worry about coming on up, but come on up. And... Um. So, yes, I can. So, want to close in prayer and also just kind of open up this. If you have foreign missions on your heart whatsoever, uh, I would ask you to stand up or come forward. And if we can have a few people that will pray for you as well. Um, also, besides, if you have... And, and, again, we talked about, I, I talked about there's different ways, right? You can be a goer. That's me. I'm a goer. Um, you can be a sender. That's, that's many of you that, that are sending by financially supporting, by Clayton and Romy, that they've trained me up, that they've sent me. Um, you can be a mobilizer, somebody that just helps logistically put things together for people, um, somebody that's here to greet people when they come home. Again, it's been, I've been home for like a week and a half, and I feel like I'm ready to go back over there. Um, so all sorts of different ways that you can be involved. Um, and really, the only thing, the only requirement is that you call yourself a Christian and that you say yes to God. There's no special skill set. You do not need a Bible college degree. You don't need any of that. Um... And particularly, I want to pray for uh, maybe families that, maybe, maybe spouses, that one spouse has a heart for it and the other's unsure right now. Because it's definitely important for there to be unity there. And, and I'm just, I'm believing that uh, we can let go of the things that we hold on tightly to and have faith that God will provide and have I don't want to call you guys out but Nick and Char you're just so on my heart right now so on my heart it's crazy that so often if you know Nick and Char we think about Char as the great minister in the family and Nick has a great business but Nick man it is in you too and and I just know, oh man i, I don't I don't want to say things that I know aren't from that I don't know are from God, so I'm not going to say too much, but I, I would just say this is a season to lean in and you guys are, you guys are a very powerful couple because of the Holy Spirit, but it's a, it's a togetherness thing, but I also, I I pray for vision of, I mean, your skill set is universal, right? It ain't a much more universal skill set than the one you got, and it's something that uh, you can take with you anywhere, I know that, and that's part of, you know, there's no requirements, but there are things I wanted to share, too, of, like, things you can be doing. If you feel called to missions, maybe you've got a skill set that you can that you can be building on to make yourself more universal, to make it to where God can use you anywhere. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just something It's really rude, but I, I hope that I don't always see you guys back here. I think there really is something for you guys. And it, it doesn't, you know, it took me nine years before I went from one place to the other. But just, can we pray for you guys? Can you guys come forward? Is that too much? Saphir, would you come pray with us as well? Saphir is a church planner as well. I don't know the whole history. I wish I knew more. But I know Saphir's uh, been out in the nations and Romy. you want to pray for them too? I'm just going to pray for them. And if anybody else feels, or, or maybe you're just wondering, I don't know, God. But I want to be involved in missions more. Um, and if you want to pray, come on forward and pray with us. Um, and then also if we could just pray right now for the Turkish church. I know I want to pray for all churches and all nations. But my church is in church right now too. It's funny. I go to church at. we start at 5 p.m. in Turkey. And we start at 10 a.m. here. So every week when you guys start church, we're starting church at the same time. And uh, I just love that unity. That's, that's what we pray for. Um, why don't you guys come up too? Because these are our missionaries that are here as well. I haven't even met you guys yet, but, I've, but I see you on Instagram all the time. I'm Paul. Come on up. We're praying for you guys because you guys are the missionaries in these schools. I see it. Marked youth. Um, so yeah, let's just pray. Sorry, I'm just forcing people to come up and pray. Uh, Lord, I just, I thank you for Shar. I thank you for the example. When I, I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord and I first found a church, I was thinking about going to Bible college. And there was this girl at the cafe, at Glory Jeans. And she encouraged me to go. And I just thought, like, Wow and and it's and it's brought me it's been part of the path and you've helped so many other people there's so many other stories like that that you don't know what they are but you've you've guided so many people into a deeper deeper life not just a deeper relationship with christ but a deeper life and i just pray that over both of them that that nick and Shar are going to continue to touch people and i just pray lord that you bless them uh with vision right now lord clarity that uh They might not know the full picture, Lord, but they know that you're in it. So I just pray that they have a clear view of you, that they see you better, more clear, and just know that you truly are a friend, that if you're going to ask them to do something, you got their back, that you're not sending them out to the wolves.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Lord. We could all just lift our voices and just pray.